Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Puzzling Perspectives by Pastor Sean Wood. My heart and my hope tonight is simply to just open uh, the, the story of Christmas and that we would ponder and reflect as we move through this season and this weekend. Uh, it's interesting, if I asked another three people to come up here now and to stand on each side of this pulpit, and if I asked you to describe this pulpit, uh, each person would describe what they saw, but they would be describing the exact same pulpit, but from four different perspectives. And when we come to the Christmas story, there's many different perspectives. Tonight I want to focus on one that really interests me and grabbed me during the week as I was reflecting, but in years gone by, I've looked at the, uh, the Christmas event according to the perspective of the wise men. They weren't kings, they were wise men, and how God still hangs stars for men in the distant east, how they were looking for the star to announce the birth of a king according to a prophecy that they had been given many years ago. God can reach anybody anywhere. What a story that perspective was. But what about Mary's perspective? We looked at that a couple of years ago. Imagine being Mary for a moment. Imagine receiving the news that you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Imagine that. Wow. And imagine all that was running through your mind. Mary probably had ideas of laying in a palace with pillows and all these women fanning her as she gives birth to uh, completely painlessly, of course, because it's the Son of God. But how different that looks for her, giving birth to the Son of God and laying him in a manger in a stable because there was no room for him at the inn. It's interesting how God, uh, Mary might have been sitting in that stable uh, thinking that she's a million miles outside of the plan of God, but she was right where God wanted her. Isn't that wonderful? Tonight I want to look uh, just briefly at the Christmas story from the perspective of a, of a guy that I've become to appreciate greatly. It's a man by the name of Joseph. Interestingly enough, as we begin to read through his story, uh, does anybody here like doing puzzles? I'm not a big puzzle fan, but some people I know can sit down and do thousand-piece puzzles. You do puzzles, Lee? Yeah. Uh, I, I look puzzled. Uh, and, and, and most of the time when I'm preaching, you guys look puzzled. <laughs> most of the time, yeah. Uh, you're still on notice from Tasmania, so I, I'd, I'd be quiet. Uh, I, the, the mafias rang me and said, you know, they're ready to act. Merry Christmas. But uh, it's interesting because when we buy puzzles, we buy a box and inside that box is all these pieces that really you throw out on the table and you've got no idea. But most people that do puzzles say, you know what, you've just got to start with the first couple of pieces and then work your way from there. But if you buy a puzzle on the box, there's a picture of what the puzzle should look like. This is the problem with me. The picture and the puzzle don't correlate quite often. Isn't it interesting? But uh, as we're going to see the Christmas story, God had the picture. And he had given us snippets of what that picture looked like throughout the centuries through the prophets and so forth. And we're going to see how beautifully it is that God puts all those pieces together when we allow him the privilege to put those pieces together. What a year we've had, hey? There's probably people sitting in this room that feel sometimes like your life might be like that puzzle on the table. There's a million pieces in front of you and you don't know how to put them together. The wonderful truth that Christmas brings to us is if we allow him to, God would love to put those pieces together. Let's have a look at the Christmas story for a moment through the eyes, if we can, of Joseph. I love the opening sentence that comes to us from verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Uh, What is happening? Uh, 
basically paraphrasing what's happening here, God put the pieces of the puzzle together in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, and that's an interesting word as we're looking at the case through Joseph, because to be betrothed means to be legally pledged in marriage. Uh, and when we looked at the story of Mary, Mary was most likely somewhere between 12 to 16 years of age, giving birth to the Son of God. But she's betrothed to Joseph. She's pledged in marriage. Uh, we would call it engaged. It was a little bit more serious than that in the first century. But uh, spare a thought for Joseph for a moment as we work our way through this story. The wife-to-be for him is all of a sudden going to fall pregnant. Interesting. She was betrothed to Joseph, and I love how God describes marriage. Uh, We might have, and our culture might like to press many definitives on us of what marriage sounds like, but here's what God says marriage sounds like. Before they came together. I love that. Uh, When two people become married, you're no longer two, you come together and you are one. That's a message for a Another day. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, now wait a moment. She's, she's probably given Joseph the narrative, right? You know, you, you don't seem to understand, Joseph. I might be pregnant, but an angel appeared to me, and he said, blessed are you, and, and, and I'm going to have this child, and he's going to be called Emmanuel, as we will see. He's going to be the son of God. And all of a sudden, Joseph's probably thinking, you've drank far too much kale juice. <laughs> Basil's not here, but he'll hear you. So what does Joseph do? Joseph, imagine the emotions that might have been going through Joseph's mind right now. This is not what he signed up for, right? How many times have you possibly thought that? Hang on, God, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, My life, uh, the front of that puzzle, puzzle box, how many of us have got our own picture of what that looks like? You see, Mary probably had her idea of what that picture looks like. I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. It's going to be, I don't know any woman that's given birth without any pain, and, uh, you know, if, us, if it was us men, we'd just get in and get the job done, right? But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, we're sharing the love tonight, come on. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, will you do my eulogy, please, Victor? And her husband, Joseph, being a just man, I love that description. Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. What a bloke, eh? Still thinking about Mary. Unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. It's interesting that the word that needed to be used there was divorce. This was a serious arrangement between Mary and Joseph. Joseph's got a a range of emotions going through his mind and through him right now, and he's resolved to divorce her quietly. I'll put the pieces together. This is not what I signed up for, God. I'm going to start putting the pieces together. I've got a picture over here of what my life looked like, and this is not what it looked like. You're putting the pieces together in the wrong way. We serve an awesome, sovereign God, and we're going to see how he works in a moment. But as he considered these things... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Let's read this message. This is, this is beautiful, what goes on. Listen to what, verse 21, she will bear a son, 
And you shall call his name Jesus. Why is that important? It was the father who named the child in the first century. It was traditional. Uh, That's why Zechariah had to shut up before John the Baptist was born. Because, you know, loose lips sink ships. Amen. So, Zechariah, you need to button it for a little while because I've got to put the pieces together, so you need to shut up for a little while. Verse 21, she will bear a son and he shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. What a, what a sentence. Verse 22, all this took place, and here's the word I believe for this Christmas. I believe people need to hear this word. We're going to hear it three times in the narrative of Joseph. But the word is fulfilled. Fulfilled means God putting the pieces together. You know, as I look back over my life now, I look at moments, uh, something we need to be very clear on. I look at moments in my life that appeared to be random, chaotic, coincidental moments that I now look back on and go, God, you were putting the pieces together and I didn't even know about it. If you'd have said to me 20 years ago, you you know, you're going to be pastoring a church in Brisbane, I'd have laughed at you and said, you need to stop drinking. Or start, one of the two. <laughs> but God's about to do some amazing work for Joseph. He's about to put the pieces together, but Joseph's going to do something really important. Uh, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Merry Christmas, greatest present without a tea. Uh, Christmas is all about presents, but no tea. The presence of God. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. There's how, there's how we begin to see that he surrendered. You see, if we surrender to God, if, we, if we're willing to do things his way, he'll begin to put the pieces together. We just have to allow him to do that. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And that's why we're here tonight. We're here tonight, it doesn't matter what perspective you look at the birth of Jesus Christ, the same thing happens. God is putting the pieces together. I love the words of John Piper, like him or loathe him, John Piper has helped me enormously when it comes to Christian hedonism, which is about finding all of our pleasure in God. But I love his words when he says, uh, and this is, most of us here will know that this is true of our own lives. At any one point in our lives, God is doing 10,000 things of which you may be aware of three. And right now, as we begin to look at the perspective of Joseph, one thing we are learning uh, is, you know what, God's doing 10,000 things right now, Joseph, of which you're lucky if you know about three of them. God's putting all the pieces together. God's doing an amazing work with Joseph and Mary and, and, and for us and everyone. All at the same time, God is putting all of this together. And I want you to know tonight that right now, God is busy doing about 10,000 things in your life of which tonight you may be aware of three. Eternity may just be long enough to reveal what God's done in your life. Uh, Because I'm the preacher and because I have the liberty and the floor, uh, I'm going to talk more about this on Sunday because I can. Uh, This week I became a grandfather. And, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Greatest Christmas present, right? And and, uh, for all of those that agree with Richard that I don't look old enough to be a grandfather, you can come back on Sunday. But... (laughs) But, but of all babies, I, when I was working at the hospital, if there was one job I wanted, I wanted to work on the maternity ward. It's the one place I won't let men work for obvious reasons. But uh, I always wanted to work in the maternity. I love 
the sound of babies crying. If you have a baby and it cries, then please let it cry. I just love that sound. But when you hold a baby in your hand like that and just, just looking at how God's taken the best of the parents and knitted it together to make another individual, it's just amazing. It's just amazing how God puts all of that together. And anybody that knows the human body for five minutes knows it's an amazingly miraculous mystery. I think God does uh, an amazing miracle. Uh, I think in England it's every minute and it's when somebody's born. I think it's an amazing miracle that God does every minute. The odds are stacked against it. But let's keep reading Joseph's account. It doesn't stop just at the birth of Christ, but there's another incident that happens. Uh, imagine uh, you think everything's okay now, but then uh, you know the, the son... By the way, the Magi would have probably... Uh, stumbled into the life of Christ at around about toddler age, maybe. Uh, They saw the star, they travelled many months. So the nativity scenes that paint the picture of the wise men around, not absolutely kind of accurate. However, they do make it, which is very important. But after all of this has happened, we see in verse 13 of chapter 2, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, you've got to rise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. It's the Son of God. Nothing will happen. This is why, uh, this scripture here is why we should open our arms to asylum seekers because our Lord and Saviour sought asylum in Egypt when they wanted to kill him. And so we should open our arms to asylum seekers. Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Come down to verse 14. He rose, he took the child and his mother by night, departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill God's putting the pieces together and it was to fulfill what had been declared from out of Egypt, I will call my son. Wow. Verse 19, coming down to chapter 2, verse 19, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, what's wrong with George, right? You know, let's keep the name simple. Was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. Being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And we're going to finish off verse 23. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. That, that was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. God is fulfilling. God is putting the pieces together. He shall be called a Nazarene. God putting the pieces Tonight, as we uh, reflect over the Christmas period, I, I don't know what demographic finds us all sitting in this room here tonight, but I know this one thing. If you will stop and allow and give over and surrender your life to God, he will gladly begin to put the pieces together for you. Just like he did for Joseph. Imagine being Joseph. Imagine all of the confusion. This is not what these guys signed up for. This is not what they anticipated. But it was just how God had ordained it. What an amazing story. What an amazing gift that Jesus was for each and every one of us, and we get to celebrate that. But what about your perspective tonight? We've Over the past few years that I've been here, we've looked at many perspectives at Christmas time, but what about your perspective? What does Christmas mean to you tonight? We are in far too much danger of Come Sunday, the next time we meet Sunday, Christmas is technically over. But I pray that in this season, 
amidst all the Christmas trees and amidst all the decorations, amidst all the presents and the family get-togethers, that there is also, we don't get the other side of this season without realising we are here because Jesus entered into our world to take away the sin of the world. We're going to talk more about that on Sunday and how that gift has impacted us and why Jesus came, but the overarching fact is God came into the world to save sinners. Uh, J.I. Packer was asked to sum up the gospel. One of the, one of the last century's greatest theologians, J.I. Packer, died at the age of 91, but he was asked to sum the gospel up in one sentence, and he did it saying this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Like every single one of us in this room. And he wants to put the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle together in your life, if you'll let him. Let's pray and we're going to do some more singing. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus and we do not... We do not want to get to the other side of Christmas and not stop long enough to reflect on why we're here. We are saved and we are in eternal life. We have that wonderful privilege because you gave us your son. Jesus, tonight we remember that you stepped into all of our muck, all of our mire, all of our sinfulness. You stepped into all of our mess that you could save us out of it. And we are so grateful tonight for that gift. Thank you for the joy that Christmas brings to each one of us. I pray that as we go through this season, each one of us will be given a perspective of what Christ has done for us. In your wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.